What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Friday edition of the Snaggle Show. I am, of course, your host, Chris Jardine, a.k.a. Snaggle J. As always, I appreciate y'all taking some time out of your day to listen to my voice and let me invade your headspace uh, and talk about whatever gibberish it is I am talking about this week. It is Friday, June 28th, 2019, heading into the long weekend for all of you Canadians out there. Happy, happy, happy Canada Day. Uh, I will have an episode out on Monday. I'm going to record it over the weekend. It's going to be more of a personal, um, more take a more of a personal tone than what, um, what I'm used to pumping out there. Um, so... I'm going to talk a little bit more about kind of the, the the significance of Canada Day in my life and what it means um, and how it's kind of evolved over the years. So that's going to be more of a personal episode if you're looking to dive into the 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 deeper personal side of yours truly, then Monday is going to be the episode for you. On today's episode of the show, I'm going to be talking about four essential tips for anyone who is considering streaming or creating some sort of online content, that's going to be a lot of fun. I am by no means a subject matter expert, uh, but it's an episode I've wanted to do for a while. It's something I get asked about quite frequently. Hey, I'm thinking about starting streaming. What should I do first? Well, hey, this podcast is the episode for you. But before we jump into that, let's talk about real quick the monumental wrestling news that came out yesterday um, from the WWE announcing that Paul Heyman has become the executive director of Monday Night Raw and Eric Bischoff has become the executive director of uh, SmackDown, of SmackDown Live, I suppose. Um, to- <laughs> blew up the internet. Um, comments ranged from anywhere from, hey, they're doing something different. Hey, Vince is giving up to some control. Hey, it's 2002 all over again. Um... It's kind of funny because, I mean, it's going to be interesting interesting to see how it plays out. Will these two have on-air recurring roles? Um, or will they hire uh, general manager-type figures to, uh, you know, act as the authority figure on, on the brands? That would be interesting to see. Um, in Bischoff's case especially, you have to think that WWE would have had to make an extremely, extremely generous offer to get him to come back. I mean, he seemed to be very happy, you know, with his podcasting, uh, his hit podcast, 83 Weeks um, with Conrad Thompson, who, by the way, all you seem to need to be able to do to get rehired by WWE is uh, have a Conrad Thompson podcast. Because first it was uh, Bruce Pritchard, um, who is now back with WWE. Now Bischoff is going back to WWE. I don't think JR is going back to WWE. Or uh, this new podcast that apparently he's got that's going to be starting up with Aaron Anderson. Um, but you would have to think with you know with Bischoff's podcasting and, and the, the live shows and stuff he's been doing and his appearances, he seems very happy. He didn't seem to show any indication that he wanted to jump back into the wrestling business. I think usually when he was prompted on the subject, he would usually say, "You know what? No, like I, I don't, I'm not really interested in today's product." And you know, he seemed to be quite happy with where he was at. So to get him to come back to WWE on a full time role, especially on SmackDown, 
where you're going to have the pressure of this giant Fox deal that is looming for the fall and, you know, the, the pressures that come along with that and, and the current state of WWE with ratings at, um, you know, modern era lows and attendances at modern era lows um, and the, the, the anger and frustration from fans and the competition with AEW and all of those things, you would have to think that to get Bischoff to commit to something like that, that had to be a pretty good deal with a certain modicum of creative control and freedoms to run the show how he wants to. I think Heyman's probably the same. I think Heyman was enjoying just having a part-time role as Brock Lesnar's mouthpiece. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Obviously, Vince is still going to have the, you know, final say on literally everything. So I don't think it's worth getting like super duper excited over until we see how this plays out on TV, until we see how it changes the creative. I think at this point, I would like to see them reset everything, strip all the titles, have a draft, literally reset everything. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea to push the reset button, start over, start fresh. I don't think that actually will happen. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. But I wanted to touch on it. I know it was a big, big news story. And I have a feeling if I didn't address it in some way, all of the comments after the episode would be, what What do you think of this? 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 <clears throat> so let's move on now to the reason why we're here today. And that is four tips that I, I would like to provide to anyone out there who was thinking about starting to stream video games or create some sort of gaming or online content. I think it's going to be more focused towards gaming, but a lot of these things can apply to everything else. Um, number one is, and this one sounds pretty straightforward, but it, it has many layers, but it's be original. Content creation and streaming is such a crowded space now. Platforms like YouTube and Mixer and Twitch, and now you have other platforms like DLive and Facebook Gaming. All of these platforms have made it super easy to set up an account, download some software, click a button, and be live around the world. So let's say today I wanted to become a Mario Maker 2 streamer. Mario Maker 2 out today on the Nintendo Switch. As soon as I'm done this podcast, I'm going to go play it. Um, let's say you wanted to become a Mario Maker 2 stream. It's a popular game. It just came out. What makes you original and different to make people want to watch your content? That's what it's all about, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like me personally, I I'm at the stage now where I don't make content for the views or for the clicks. Yes, I do look at my metrics. I look at how many people download the podcast. I look at how many people watch my SWF wrestling streams, but I, I'm not making it to become popular. I'm making it because I enjoy making the content and that's okay. But if you're just starting out and you have no audience whatsoever outside of maybe your mom and your brother and your girlfriend who will reluctantly watch it, even though she hates video games, you have to figure out what makes you original. Is it 
because you're brash and flamboyant? Is it because you're extremely, extremely good at the game, so you can speed run it, or you're very, very good at it, and you can be a top player and, and, and put on gameplay clinics? Is it because you're very personal and open a, a, on stream, or a very positive person, or a very negative person? What is, and you hear this a lot, and I'm going to steal this phrase from uh, something that they did at Extra Life a few years ago, is what is your why? Why are you making content? Is it because you want to show the world how good you are at a particular game? Okay, that's something that's an original thing. You Maybe you can be the best. You could be the best Mario Maker 2 speedrunner in the whole world. That's original. That's a reason for people to watch your content. That's a marketable thing that people can look at and you can look at and you can say, Okay, I can build my channel. I can build my content around this. Being original is, is essential. It is, and, and I'm going to use, um, I don't know, it's hard, to, it's hard to use examples, but someone who's been a bit bit controversial as of late, but I'm going to use him for the base example, and that's Dr. Disrespect. All the controversy and everything aside, when you strip it down to what made him appealing in the first place, it was, it was the character. It was original. He, he created this persona years and years ago, this flamboyant, um, aggressive, um, intense character, and people gravitated towards that. It was original. It was different. It was something he owned, and he he is Dr. Disrespect. People don't know him for being, you know, Guy Beam and, 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 and the development stuff and the things that he's done away. People know him as Dr. Disrespect. So that's kind of what you got to go in. I'm not saying go into every stream and create a, a persona and create a character. I'm saying try to be original. There are millions and millions and millions of content creators every single day that are fighting for every set of eyeballs that they can get. And being original gives differentiates you in a crowded space. Number two, and again, this kind of ties into number one, is branding. Branding is extremely, extremely important. Um, so for example, if your Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash bighairymonster and your Twitter is, uh, you know, Joe, 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 two, 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 two. Uh, and your Facebook is Jimmy, Jim, John, uh, monster man, 46. And, and, and it, you have a hard time with people connecting with you on different social channels. That is a problem when you're starting out, especially as you know, I mean, it's extremely important throughout the whole process, but early on, for discovery purposes, you want your branding to be on point. Twitter.com slash SnaggleJ, Facebook.com slash SnaggleJ, Twitch.tv slash SnaggleJ, Instagram.com slash SnaggleJ, YouTube.com slash SnaggleJ. People can find you on a platform with the same name. Because everyone discovers content differently. Some people will... Um, you know, just discover your content generically on Twitch through the directory. Some people 
will maybe see someone share a tweet and then link, you know, see that tweet and be moderately interested. I, I do this a lot. I will see someone share a tweet or a P or, you know, something from someone and I'll, I'll dig deep and I'll look at their profile and you know what? <clears throat> they don't have their Twitch link in their Twitter profile. Big no-no. Everything should point to where your content is. If I click on your Twitter bio, if I click on your Facebook profile, on your um, you know gaming page, if I click on a YouTube video of yours, the descriptions should all point to where the content is originating. If that if Twitch is where you want to funnel people, every bit of social media presence you have should at some point or another direct me to where the content is being created. Don't make it difficult for people to find you. If I see you on Twitter and I find your profile interesting and I don't have a link to go somewhere else to check out your content, I'm not going to work for it. We live in a society on social media where people want to be spoon-fed. They want everything right there in their face. And if you're not providing it to them, they're going to go somewhere else. <clears throat> Maybe not super, super early on, but I definitely, um, in terms of branding, you also want to look at having a, a logo. Something I recommend a lot to people is very, very simply use Bitmoji. It is a free app on iOS and Android. Uh, it was it ties in. You, if you're if you're on Snapchat, you will know what Bitmoji is. Use Bitmoji. And just make yourself a face and use that as your logo. I've been doing that for years. It's it's a simple, easy, inefficient, free way to get yourself a generic logo, a cartoon version of yourself, something that you can use across all platforms. It, it, it's super easy to do. I definitely don't recommend right out of the shoot going out and spending hundreds of dollars to create branding logos. It is not effective because here's the thing is in the first 60 days of your content creation, you're going to evolve multiple times. Nobody hits the button for their first stream and figures out the formula. So you may go into something with a bunch of branding and a bunch of uh, you know, images and panels and logos and stuff done. And then after a month and a half, be like, you know what? That doesn't reflect what my content has become. So you've wasted that money. Build simple things. Use Bitmoji to get yourself a free logo. Use an online image editing program like Be Funky, or you can download paint.net and make yourself some quick little panels for your Twitch page a little cover for your YouTube page, a little cover for your Twitter page. It doesn't need to be exciting, but it needs to connect everything. Consistency is what you want. You don't need to have expert pro-level graphics right away. You want to be able to create a channel that looks appealing. You want to be able to create a stream that looks appealing. It doesn't have to be the best-looking stream in the world, but... It does have to look as though you put some sort of effort into it and is not an eyesore when someone clicks on your channel. And you can do that in the early going days of your channel without having to spend any money. Next up is play what you want to play. I cannot stress this enough. 
I absolutely hate seeing creators who pigeonhole themselves into a game or into a genre and you can literally watch their streams over a period of time and watch them start to hate it. But the temptation is always going to be play what's popular because that's what gets the views. I am strongly against that. I don't think it is a sustainable idea. I don't think it's a successful idea. And ultimately, your content is going to suffer because people will see through that. And a great example of it is uh, if you guys are not familiar with the Grand Theft Auto roleplay community, it happens to them all the time. Because the fan base in the GTA RP community is a rabid one. They love their RP. They want it every single day. They want you to be on seven hours a, or seven days a week, eight hours a day. And if you skip a day or play another game for a day, they are absolutely ridiculously toxic about it. And it burns them out. But they do it for the views. Don't pick up brand new games that you have no interest in. That's my thing. Don't play a game because you think it may generate views. Because if you're fake or you're not enjoying it, people will see through that. Play what you want to play. I've seen plenty of my friends and people who I watch who their channels have evolved over time because they burnt themselves out on a particular game or a particular genre because, quote-unquote, that's what my channel was built on. No! Your channel is built on you as a person. People will watch you because it's you. Your genuine, hardcore fans that will support you that will continue to watch your product, watch your product because of you. Play what you want to play. Be happy. Be open. If a new game comes out and you think it is super cool, play it. Stream it. Your personality shines through when you're in a good place, when you're in a good state, when you're playing games that you like, when you're having fun. That's when the best content is created. I know... Starting out early on in your streams, the temptation is there to go out and play a popular game because it would generate more views. And if you're interested in that game and you want to have fun with that game, that is one thing. But the beginning of the death of your channel is when you start playing games and making content for games only for the views and not because you actually enjoy playing a particular game. Play what you want to play. And last but not least, and this is something that I cannot recommend enough, is listen, reflect, and review. Just because you make a stream or you make a video and you post it online, or the stream is over and the archive is up, the work on that is not done. Listen to what your followers say about it. 
if you get comments, if you get chat feedback, if somebody DMs you and says, hey, I really liked your stream, but, you know, not saying every suggestion you're going to get is great, but feedback is, is extremely, 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 extremely essential. <clears throat> and, I, and, and an example I'll use is This Week in Perfect Team. For those of you who don't know, every Monday night on the Out of the Park Developments channel, I stream our show, This Week in Perfect Team, which this upcoming Monday will be our 30th episode. And when we started out, we had a blueprint of this is what we want to do on the show. And as we always do, we listen to the feedback. We read the comments on YouTube. I, I watch the chat on Twitch. I will go back. I will watch the episodes, especially... I'll make mental notes during the show of sections where I'd like to go back and watch because, you know, maybe it could have been done better. And a lot of the things we've added to This Week in Perfect Team and subtracted from This Week in Perfect Team have been directly due to feedback. Hey, I'd really like to see if you guys, you know, would do this. Hey, I really don't think you guys should do that. And again, not saying one or two comments sways us one way or another, but you're looking for patterns. If you're constantly seeing the same feedback every episode, whether it be a suggestion, whether it be constructive, you know, there's probably something to that. Don't be afraid. And I know, I know what everyone's going to say. I hate watching myself on stream. I hate listening to myself. That is a, is a common thing, but it is sometimes a necessary evil. Go back and watch, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of your stream and say, is this content um, is this content good? Is this content something that I would watch? Um, uh, is there something I could improve here? Is maybe my camera position not great? You know, am I blocking key information on the stream? Um, uh, you know, did, do, was I unprepared? That's another thing. Was I, were, were you unprepared? If you were doing something really focused, especially in post-edited stuff like YouTube videos, were you unprepared? Do you need to prepare better? Would preparing better lead to better content? You need to listen, reflect, and review. You constantly need, again, if you're doing it straight up as a hobby, then that's perfectly fine. I, I stream and create content at this point mostly as a hobby, and yes, I do listen to my podcast episodes occasionally. And yes, I do review some of my SWF wrestling streams because even though it's a hobby, I still want it to be good. I still take pride in creating a good podcast and creating a good wrestling stream. And again, if that's where you're at, then reflection is still great because you still want to take pride in your work. If you're looking to build something, if you're looking to become successful, you absolutely have to self-reflect. And... Listening, reflecting, and reviewing is not just on your own content. Listen to what other people are doing and saying. And now, I am not saying go you know, rip off other people's content. But everything that gets done in the gaming community and in content creation communities in general is some way evolved from something someone else did. Dr. Disrespect wasn't the first on-stream character that was ever created. I'm sure there were plenty of characters that were created before that. But he took the idea, made it his own, and, you know, has been successful with it. Has there been a, an absolute plethora of characters who have tried to do that? 
in, you know, the years since then? Absolutely. Have any of them been as successful as Dr. Disrespect? Not really. But you can watch another stream and say, hey, I really like how he does his intro. Or I really like those transitions from one screen to the other. Or I really like how he um, uses certain cadence and certain timings to read off his subs. Or whatever. But if you think you can take those ideas and make them yours and make them natural and make them work, then, then yes. Listening, reflection, and reviewing is absolutely essential. Again, not just on your own stuff, but on other people's stuff as well. Anyways, guys, I hope you guys found this episode informative, talking about four, um, four essential tips if you're starting out with streaming or content creation. Uh, just to review them, be original, focus on your branding, play what you want to play, and listen, reflect, and review. Uh, if you guys have any questions or you guys want to discuss these, as always, make sure you hit me up on the Twitter, twitter.com slash snaggleJ. Uh, also, you can jump in my Discord, discord.snaggle.club. I love interacting with you guys. I love all of the... Uh, the feedback and the wonderful interactions I have gotten because of this podcast. Uh, last week, we jumped over 300 downloads um, since we started doing this, which is absolutely amazing. I uh, appreciate that so much, guys. Again, we will be back next week uh, on Monday and Friday with brand new episodes. The Friday episode, uh, I'm going to be in Cleveland. I can't wait. Um, Mondays and Fridays episodes are going to be recorded before I go to Cleveland. Um, obviously, because I'm not going to Friday, so our yeah Friday. So Friday's episode will be recorded before I go, and then we're gonna try to get some cool content while I'm down there. I'm gonna try to sit down and do an interview with TJ, uh, and kind of you know bring him into the podcast a little bit. Maybe we'll do an interview with Rich as well. Maybe I'll sit down and do an interview with uh, Clayton Kershaw. You never know, guys. But again, as always, thank you guys for subscribing to The Snaggle Show um, on anchor.fm slash The Snaggle Show or in your podcast app of choice, Apple, Google, and everywhere in between. Uh, and until next time, peace.